you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Proverbs chapter 30, if you would like to turn with me. Today will be a two-part, or part two, in the series that I started last Sunday called The Wisdom of Small Things. By the help of the Lord this morning, I want to draw from this passage the final two parts of wisdom that Solomon wrote about. But we need the help of the Lord this morning. And uh, I want you to join your heart with me. I know we've already prayed, but I want you to pray specifically this morning for the word of the Lord to settle deep in our hearts and in our lives this morning. Would you just join your heart in prayer right now? Father, we need you. I need you. Your messenger needs you this morning, the help and strength of the Lord in this room. Lord, I pray over every listener online and present this morning that your glory and your power would be made manifest, that it would speak to the lives and hearts of every person that may hear the word of the Lord today. Accomplish the purpose for which you are sending your word this morning and let there be an expectancy in in, in this room this morning. Let there be expectancy in the atmosphere today. Lord, unlock doors that have been closed name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 24 begins with there are four things which are 
little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. If you were here last week, you know that we talked about the first two small things that bring us great wisdom. Verse 25 declares that the ants are a people not strong. And we looked at the ant and understand that although that this text is not at all about the creatures or critters that are the four creatures that the wise Solomon mentions, but he is comparing them to groups of people and individuals. The ants, he says, are a people. Everybody say they are a people. So this text is not written uh, in general, but it is written to a specific group of people. The ants are a people. He divides people into four categories, and the first that he mentions is the ant. And he tells us that the ants are not strong, and we looked into that last week, yet he says they prepare their meat in the summer. Ants prove to us that great things can come in small packages. And the ant is the pattern by which God reveals work ethic to uh, all of those who uh, prescribe to the word of God. Consider the ant, O thou sluggard, and uh, challenges us to look into the work ethic of the ant. The ant lays up for the winter in the summer. As we talked last week, the only reason that I can find that an ant can move things that are several times its size and several times its weight is because God is behind them. There are some people that are destined to do great exploits and if you're willing to work, I want to tell you God will get behind you and you will do more than you could ever have done on your own. If you will go to work, God will work with you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And the second small thing that we looked at last week are the conies and uh of course, uh, did a little research in a very unfamiliar uh, creature that is mentioned here. And in the research, there are many technical terms that are used. But the Bible is more concerned about the comparison to whom that this passage is speaking of. The Conies, verse 26 says, are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The conies are but a feeble folk. Once again, declaring that the conies uh, and the um, 
text of Proverbs 30, 26 is not written about the creature, but it is a comparison to a specific group of people that uh, find themselves lacking in ability. They are a feeble folk. We learn from the conies uh, that if we find ourselves like the conies uh, in the cleft of the rock, because that's what the conies would do, uh, though handicapped and feeble, though unable to stand and fight and unable to run, that they just found a crevice in the rock and they clung to the rock and they made their home in the cleft of the rock. And if we, the feeble folk, that's me and you, if we find ourselves the, the crevice in the rock and we will hide ourselves in the crevice of the rock, the rock will be our protector. And how many of you know that rock is Christ? The Coney's positioned itself in a place of strength. He positions himself in the cleft of the rock all through the scripture. When the rock or the stone is mentioned, it is comparison to God Almighty. It is comparison uh, to that rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. And, of course, the scripture becomes very clear and says, and that rock was Christ. I'm glad to know who that rock is, and I'm glad that I can find myself hiding in the crevice of the rock, and that rock will cause us to survive when the storms of life come, and when the evil one comes against us, if we'll hide ourselves in God, there will be a protection for us. The enemy can't kill you because he can't even see us because we are hidden in the crevice of the rock. Somebody say amen. And the third theme that brings great wisdom, we're going to slow down now and walk through the third idea of Proverbs chapter 30, now into verse 26, that speaks about the locust. Some of you here in the Midwest know of the locust as the cicadas. And the cicadas, of course, you hear in the summertime. You hear their buzz. You know they are present, but there are times that you cannot see them. Proverbs 27 says and declares that the locusts, uh, and may I inject, are a people. The scripture says they have no king, yet they go forth, all of them by bands. Everybody say all, by bands. They all go out by bands. I'm going to try to extrapolate out of this passage some ideas that I found and uncovered about the locusts, the bees have queens that manage the hive, uh, but it seems that the locusts have no king and the locusts have no queen. The locusts are, uh, they, they have no king or queen to announce or to send off a fragrance, a fragrance or to give a specific order to the colony or to the group. And so they have no king to to announce to them when to move. They, they have to trust something beside uh, another creature alongside them.
Now, in research regarding the locust, most of you uh, can draw a mental comparison, I thought this morning, of placing some pictures on the screen as I was teaching and talking to you so that you could get an idea. But I thought when we get to number four and we talk about the spider, that some of you may exit the building. The locusts are a straight-winged creature, and they have long, straight, and thin wings. They are akin to the grasshopper. The interesting thing about the locusts is that they actually do not have the ability to fly. Not like a bee and not like a bird. The, the, the locusts, although we, they have wings, but really they, they do not actually fly. Their, their body is too big and too heavy for their wings. And so they flap their wings and, and uh, they have to uh, maneuver in different ways. Yet I have learned that a locust has the ability to propel itself upon its own legs by jumping uh, akin to the grasshopper. You could understand this now that the locust has the ability, they have the ability to launch itself about 200 times their own height in size. So they have the ability to, to jump and then they use their wings to try to propel itself as far as it can possibly go. Uh, but it doesn't last too long because the weight of the locust is too great for the wings of the locust. And so it is kind of a very rough and a crash landing, if you please. Uh, they, the, the locust uh, doesn't just jump at any time. This is what I am trying to get to now for us to understand some of the wisdom that is locked within this little strange creature called the locust. The locust is, is different in that they shed their skin. Uh, being from the deep south, I used to be intrigued by finding where the locust has been. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see the shell of where they once were and what they once were. But as they grow, they outgrow that shell that they are trapped in. And when they outgrow it, they have to leave the resemblance of what they once were. Ain't nobody going to help the preacher this morning. They have to leave the resemblance of what they once were and they have to expand. And for them to expand, they have to leave the shell of the creature that they once were. And they have to leave that behind in order to become what they are becoming. And there's never a point that the locust reaches the status of full grown because as long as they are growing, they have to keep 
breaking out of the shell of who they were. Let me talk to some folks uh, that may have a few more gray hair than me and that's almost impossible. But let me tell you, we never reach a point that we outgrow what God is wanting to do in our life. Break the shell off. Uh, come on, somebody. You need to break it off of you and declare I'm not going to stay trapped uh, in whom I have been, but I am becoming. Look at your neighbor and tell them I am not everything I ought to be, but I am becoming. I am becoming what God intends for me to become. So the locust doesn't just jump at any time, but the locusts have developed, God has put within them an internal instinct to be able to understand the wind. They are sensitive to the elements of the wind. It is in nature. You would be shocked if you study nature to understand the power of the wind. Creatures learn to use the wind to their favor. The migrating birds use the wind to their favor. The beast of the field, the cattle, the horses, they all learn how to advantage themselves in the wind. The locust has, they have an internal instinct to be able to judge the wind. And in judging the wind, they get their, their, their direction from the wind. Uh, I, I want you to stay with me now. The, the, the locusts are a people, and they don't have a queen like the bee or a king, but they, they go out in bands, all of them, but they have to be sensitive to the wind. And when the wind blows, they, they get their sensitivity to the wind and they go in the direction that the wind blows. I, I want you to parallel this with your spiritual life now. They pick up the sensitivity of the wind and the locusts learn the right time to jump. They don't just jump when the wind lays down, but they wait for that moment when the wind gust comes along and at the point of the wind gust when one locust jumps they don't just jump alone but they jump together and together they go forth in bands by the wind. Uh, how many of you know when the Bible talks about the wind all through the scripture it is talking about the things of the spirit. The wind bloweth where it listeth, but you hear hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. The same is a man that is born of the Spirit. Am I in the word of God this morning? We must understand that the Spirit of God is paralleled with the wind and it is the locust that brings wisdom to Christianity and to the followers of Christ to understand that when the Spirit blows, that's when we've got to move. When God gets ready, then 
we've got to move. I don't want to move too early and I don't want to move too late, but I want to be sensitive to what God is doing in the atmosphere. And when God sends the wind and breath of his spirit upon his people, I want to use everything I have to propel myself. But I've been at it long enough to know that I can't get very far on my own. But when I get the wind of the spirit under my wings, I'm going to give it everything I've got. And when I jump at just the right time, God is able to take me places that I would never have been able to go because I trusted the wind of his spirit. The locusts can't even control where they're going. It is the wind that controls their direction. But the Bible said that the locusts are not sent out by kings because they cannot orchestrate the direction. I have people ask me sometimes, Pastor, I thought, I thought this was the direction the church was going. Let me talk to you a little bit about when men, when your pastor hears from God and casts a vision. I hope I've got it all right, but I cast a vision in the direction that I believe that I sense the Holy Ghost sending us. But sometimes God comes along with the, the breath of God that says, why don't you just veer this direction because this is where I'm taking my people right now. Man cannot orchestrate the wind. We can rehearse it, but sometimes like last Sunday night, we never even got to the offering or prayer uh, for the sick or anything else. God, the wind of the Spirit blew into this house and we took that schedule that we had put together and we ripped it up and said, uh-uh, I'm not going to try to orchestrate what God is doing through the Spirit. Come on, let me be sensitive to what He's doing in the atmosphere and let me move now because God can do more in a moment than you and I can do in a lifetime. That's why it's important to know his voice, to hear his direction, and to know what he is wanting to do among his people. Come on, is there anybody that's ready to jump? When God says go, I'm ready to move. When God says it's time, I will say yes. to allow God to direct our path. When God sent the locusts to eat up the field, did you ever wonder how he did it? Did God have to speak to the locusts? I would venture to say not. All God had to do for the locusts to eat up the fields of the Egyptians was he just caused the wind. He just caused the wind to blow. When God gets ready to use you to perform his will and his purpose, you don't have to worry about it. Just be sensitive to the wind. Because when God is ready, he will cause the wind to blow the right direction. 
Come on, somebody needs to understand that it's not my time, it's his time. It's not when I want it to happen, it's when God's ready for it to happen. It's not on my terms, it's on who I think I feel the wind about to blow into this house today. I think I feel somebody in this house today that is about ready to say, yes, you've been fighting the wind. You've been trying to go against the current. But God is saying this morning, why don't you give up and stop fighting what I'm trying to do to you through the Spirit. Why don't you just step into the current, step into the habashata, step into the flow of what God is wanting to do in your life and say yes to him. Say yes to the spirit. Say yes to the flow of the wind. Say God's timing. Timing's everything. Timing's everything. The hardest thing to teach is timing. How many of you have children? <laughs> I ought to got a stronger amen than that. The hardest thing to teach is timing. They'll catch you right in the middle of conversation. Bah, 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 bah. Not right now. I'm on an important call. It's the president. Timing's a hard thing to teach. Matter of fact, when it comes to the things of the Spirit, I, I talk a lot about this to those that are close to me, that I may be guiding and directing their ministry and trying to help them. It's hard to teach timing. Timing is one of those things you kind of have to catch. Some things can be taught, but some things have to be caught. I refer to it sometimes as the it factor. You know what it is? It sometimes you just have to catch it. There's some things that are so hard to articulate. It is so hard to articulate timing. Brother Danny is a master of timing. He has a skill with timing. Master on the drums. He has played all over the country with groups far and wide. He has an incredible gift. Could have gone places if he would have sought after it. He and would have sought worldly fame instead of using his gifts and talents for the Lord. He could have gone places, but God has taken him and placed him, and he's played at camps and conferences and general conferences and and uh, youth conferences and places that others just aspire to, but ever since he was very young, God gifted him with the ability to understand timing. Now, I'm talking about drumming. Timing, he understands. He, you, can, you can throw a curveball. Can, you can put him with somebody that doesn't have timing, but he has the ability to reel their timing back in and just sit down and get what those who understand music know the pocket. You just get in the 
pocket and he'll just set it and you can try to speed it up but he just holds the timing and he says this is where we are. Timing is a hard thing to, to, to teach somebody. You, you, you get it and, and I thank God for all of these that, he's, that he is inspired and that are coming up and I watch these young drummers that are developing and growing and, and, and watching but I can, I can be up in my office and the moment the drumming begins I can tell you who is on the drums because I grew up a drummer myself and I, I hear that special that little lick I, I hear the way that they handle timing and I can tell you brother Danny's on the drums tonight I, 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 can, I can sense it because he has a gift of timing it's hard to teach timing but when you have timing there are certain things that will mark your life uh, it doesn't matter who you are with and where you are that timing will have a tendency to reset and rechart the course I'm not talking about drumming today but I'm talking to somebody today about understanding God's timing. When people recognize God's timing, they understand there's not any reason for me to be in a hurry. There's not any reason for me to be rushing, for me to be pushing, for me trying to find shortcuts to get where I'm wanting to go because if I kick open the door and step out of God's timing, it isn't going to work anyway. I've got to just sit back and get in the pocket. I'm going to get where God wants me to be and I'm going to stay here until the wind says it's time to move and when God gets ready, I'm going to step into it. The interesting thing is that with the locust and their wisdom is that you rarely find the locusts alone. When the locusts come forth, they don't come forth individually, but they come forth in bands, the Bible calls them, in colonies. They remain unseen and unheard for a long space of time. But when the locust comes forth, science and biology call them swarms. You don't find them surviving alone. They survive together in swarms. The locusts don't go out and do their own thing because they understand the value of staying together. They go out in bands. The ancient Egyptians wrote about them and described them as unstoppable. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them you are unstoppable. Watch this now. They go forth in bands.
bands and they are an unstoppable force. The wisdom of the locusts is that they stay together and go out in bands and become an unstoppable force because they don't go out alone. They go out like an army, like a within wave after wave after wave. But they are not sent out by man, are not sent out by a king. It is the wind that dictates when it's time for them to move. And the locusts are unstoppable in bands. If you read about them in ancient Egypt, you read about the fact that they built walls to try to stop them, but the locusts had a way of finding their way around the walls. They put up giant nets in an attempt to arrest them, but the locusts would eat through the nets and would go forth. One of them couldn't do it by him Himself. But when one locust found him his way through a wall or around a wall and he got to the other side, he just made a noise and the one behind him followed. And the next thing you know, they're swarming through. When one breaks through the net, the next one next to it breaks through and the whole exists. So the Egyptians built fires and they built the fires in order to burn them out. But what happened when the locusts came and they had the fields set on fire in an attempt to put out the fires, the history books say that the locust, literally the first wave of locusts would die to put out the fire. But the next wave of locusts came through because the first wave of locusts had sacrificed themselves for the rest of the colony to be able to survive. Come on, somebody. When the wind blows and God gives direction and you say, I'm not sure what this is, I look back and see some forefathers that had tent meetings with tomatoes thrown at them and underwent criticism and all sorts of things. Thank God for those that have gone on before us because they paved a way for you and I to say, I too have got to find the wind. We're the next wave. The fire can't stop us. The net of Satan can't stop us. The wall of the enemy cannot stop us. But we're going forth and we're going to conquer and do great exploits. So the wisdom of the locust, God wants somebody to know that when he's ready to send you, nothing's going to be able to stop you. But you must not miss God's timing. The locust knows the power of when. You know what the locusts do when there's no wind? The locusts start climbing. There's no wind. They don't just sit. They don't sit and wait for a cyclone or a tornado to come and give them elevation but the locust begins to climb there's no wind what are you doing I'm climbing pardon me for climbing I know everybody's just watching but just wait 
because I'm going to climb when there's no wind. Because when the wind comes, I'm going to be at the highest point that I can possibly be. Because the higher the locust is when the wind blows, the further that it can go. There's a word for somebody that feels like I haven't felt the wind of the Spirit a long time. Come on, lock in and start climbing. Pastor, what's this What's this 40 days of prayer and consecration? We're right slap in the middle, 20 days right now. we got 20 days left. What in the world is this all about? I'm not feeling the wind of the Spirit. I'm not hearing the voice of God. My answer has not come. I'm just climbing. What are you doing? I have the just I'm just climbing. I'm just climbing because I know that sooner or later the law of the atmosphere is that the wind is going to blow and when the wind blows I want to be ready I want to position myself when there is no wind so that when the wind blows if you run out the door and you backslide and you leave God every time there's no wind you're never going to get very far but if you lock into the climb and you'll climb up when there is no wind and you know timing and when the wind of God blows you step out on faith somebody needs to hear this word today God is going to send the wind if you will just keep on climbing if you ever find a locust on the ground it's because he's already jumped But if you watch him, immediately you will always see him going up. I have never discovered a locust shell of where a locust has been pointed downward. I've found hundreds of them in the deep south. But every time I find the shell of growth, it will always be pointed up. It's always on its way back up. It's always climbing back up because the flight is short-lived. Most of its life is spent climbing. Be not weary in well. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Come on, climber. Keep on climbing. Come on, child of God. Keep on pushing. fourth small thing to pray over is the wisdom of the spider. Now, some translations claim that this word literally translates to be lizard, and I had to go to work on this. And indeed, the Hebrew translation is more correctly translated to lizard rather than spider. I'm not sure how that you can mix the two because a lizard and a spider is not the same. It'll make my wife do the same thing. But they're not the same. I'll catch a lizard. But I ain't messing with no spider. 
But the King James writers went to the oldest manuscripts available, which were written in Aramaic. And the King James translators used the Aramaic to transliterate to the English word spider. So I'm going to work off of the King James Version for our reference. Since this is not doctrine of nature, I'm not sure that it is super important. So I don't take issue with you using other translations. If it translates to the word lizard, you can build your own someday. But if you want the KJV, I'm going to bring you a sermon. But my research says that the oldest manuscript available was written in Aramaic. So we will go to the KJV's translation of spider for the fourth and small thing with great wisdom. Lord, help me this morning. The 28th verse of, of Proverbs chapter 30 says the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. I thought about putting that picture of the spider on the screen behind me, but I don't think I could stand here with my back to it. The spider doesn't fit into ordinary categories. It's extraordinary. Everybody say extraordinary. Remember, this is a people that the Bible is talking about. It's neither plant nor animal, but rather an air-breathing anthropod. They have eight legs and fangs to inject venom. Spiders are found worldwide on every continent except Antarctica. They've been established in every habitat with the exception of air and sea. Yet they can float through the air and they can float across the sea. There are over 45,000 species of spiders. The wisdom of the spider is found within itself. The Bible speaks of the spider and says, though it is small and indifferent, it ended up in the palace. Everybody say ended up. The spider is the only one of four that the Bible tells us where it ends up. The spider ended up in the palace. There is a prophecy lingering over the spider. The spiders are a people who will end up in the king's palace. You will need to work with me a little bit here today. Anytime somebody ends up in the palace, we need to sit down at their feet and learn from their wisdom. How did you get here? Everything the spider needs to survive comes from within itself. Spiders get knocked down all the time, but the spider spins a thread from within to control its fall, but the thread 
ensures that the spider can get right back up regardless how far it falls. Because when the spider is knocked down, you don't see it because it's so small, but there is a thread that comes down. And as soon as you walk away, that spider unfolds from the ball that it has rolled up in to pretend to be dead. It opens back up and will pull itself back up the thread that it spun when it got knocked down. The spider also spins a web to catch its prey. It uses what God placed within it to survive in this world. It is important what is within you. If somebody ever tells you, you don't need the Holy Ghost, I saw a meme one time said, honey, you need the Holy Ghost just to go to Walmart. I can't imagine living in this world without being filled with his spirit. I need something within me so that when I get knocked down, I know I can get back up. Because greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. Come on, somebody. God has put a great treasure within you and everything that you need to survive in this world comes through the baptism and infilling of the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost within you because the Holy Ghost within you is what will sustain you. That's why you must be filled with the spirit. The spider produces offspring and then wraps the, the offspring, the egg, with its thread to protect it from the harsh elements around it. The spider doesn't really hunt for prey. It just uses what is within it to build its own home. And that home has the ability to attract the enemy. And the enemy comes, but when the enemy comes buzzing along, the next thing you know, it gets trapped. It may be a fly, a mosquito, a wasp, or even as large as a hummingbird that can fly into the web and it gets stuck in the web. The wisdom of the spider is that the spider knows how to take care of itself. The wisdom of the spider is that you don't need to depend on some otherworldly system for your success because when God puts favor within you, when God puts favor within you, the people around you are just going to be shaking their head when you get the promotion, when you get the blessing, when it comes to you, when opportunity comes and nobody else just keep living holy and righteous. It is the blessing of the believer. It is the spider that is destined to live in the king's palace. But you got to start where you are and stay full of the Holy Ghost and watch what God does. He will use your enemy to sustain your life. When the enemy comes to destroy you, God will allow something within you to turn it around. And what the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for your good. 
spirit of the spider doesn't allow their dependence on someone else to keep them from prospering. It doesn't complain, neither does it wait around for somebody else to take care of it. It just keeps house. And while it's keeping house, the enemy comes along and gets caught in the thread. But as soon as it does, it understands that now is the time. And the spider will run to where it is and will begin to do its work. I want to tell you today that you have allowed the potential of God to be placed within you. And if you will allow what God has put within you through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, if you will just clean house and wait on God, don't rush God, don't get in a hurry. The enemy is going to come. But if you will allow what God has put in you to materialize, I'm going to tell you the devil doesn't, doesn't care about stopping you, but he wants to stop what God has put within you because you are just the vessel but what is within you is unstoppable what God has put within you is greater than anything else the spider all he needs is to build a house a refuge and at that house he releases what God has put within him when the spider reproduces it wraps its offspring in what God has put within him. Come on moms and dads. When God puts those babies, you better wrap them up in everything that God tell them the stories. Talk to them about the goodness of God. Train them up in the way they ought to go. Uh-huh. You you can go you can go into your house with a broom and I promise you everybody here it doesn't mean you're dirty everybody here you go into your house and I guarantee you I can go into some corners of your house and I'll find a spider web you can take a broom and you can knock down every spider web in your house but you cannot stop them they, they may get upset and grieved when you knock them down and you'll say there I got it no spider webs in here walk in the next day. Those silly spiders, because they are unstoppable, there's wisdom in it. Because I'm going to tell you, this world is not for you. In this world, there's going to be trials. Paul says afflictions will come. Somebody needs to hear me today. If you think this is going to be a cakewalk, you're, you're, you're never destined for what God really wants to do. But if you've got a home in glory land, if you plan on living in the palace, you're going to have to endure getting knocked down a few times. But every time you get knocked down, just know greater is he that is in me. I'm getting right back up. And the enemy walks in the next day and says, I thought I knocked you down yesterday. I'm going to knock you down again. But I'm telling you, I'm getting back up tomorrow. How many times do you get knocked? down. You just keep getting right back up. Uh, you just keep getting right. I know I no match for my enemy, but I get right back up. Uh, I'm not making excuses for my lack, uh, but I'm grabbing a hold of something and I'm sticking with it. Some folks need to stop running from place to place. From job to job from church to church, from relationship to relationship. You need to get somewhere and stick it out. 
And when you get knocked down, get back up. And when the enemy comes against you, get my Lord, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost coming. Come on, you got to be like Jacob. He grabbed a hold of the angel and he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. The thing about the spider is when something gets in its web, it gets a hold of it and it doesn't let it go. It wraps it up. It injects the venom and it holds on to it. And as long as it moves, it keeps wrapping and it keeps on by. I won't let you go until you bless me me in the spider's house uh, you'll understand something in the fight uh, sometimes the spider loses a leg uh, sometimes the arm may, may fall off but the spider just keeps on fighting and keeps on spinning the web watch this watch this because the spider knows that unlike other animals uh, that when they lose a limb it's over but the spider are a people that understands uh, I may lose a leg but the leg will grow back. I was in a relationship and it cost me an arm and a leg, but I got out of it and it's growing back. Woo! I come this morning to tell somebody that God is on your side and when the enemy comes and knocks you down and it hurts you and just keep on, God's going to restore it. God is going to replace it. God is going to give it back to you in measure that you cannot contain. But you gotta keep holding on. I may walk with a limp, but I'm not losing my blessing. If you hold on tight enough and long enough, you're gonna deal with some loss. But if you'll get back up, God will come up and help you. I'm talking to some of you who've lost some things. The spider has eight eyes. I gotta hurry here. Cheryl, you can come give some hope. Spider has eight eyes, but it can't see very well. Matter of fact, it doesn't really trust its vision. But it has tentacles on its legs that it detects vibrations and it senses things that gives it direction. God placed within the spider the ability to discern what's going on around it. Shout discernment. Come on, shout discernment. You need discernment in this house. The next thing I'm going to point out about the spider is that the web is made up of a sticky substance that its enemy gets stuffed in, stuck in. Sometimes it's my face. You know what I'm talking about. You just can't hardly get it off because it sticks. When the, when the creature flies into it, it gets stuck. But yet the spider is on the web and it doesn't get stuck. The reason the enemy gets stuck is because the spider produces a web and in the web is a sticky substance that causes anything that gets that comes by to stick in it but the spider doesn't get stuck in it because from within the spider it produces God put within it the ability to produce an oil like
that substance that goes and covers the whole outside of a spider. Did you know a spider is covered in oil? And so it allows the spider to be able to move across the web and it never gets stuck. Everything else is getting stuck, but the spider, it's whatever thing what everything else is getting stuck in, the spider just glides right over it. What kills everything else? It is just the oil of the anointing that gets you through it. What traps everybody else? You just walk into it. You got to be, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. What is it that makes the difference? It is the anointing of God that baptizes you from the top of your head to the soul. Yep, I'm in this world. I, I may not be able to affect, I'm in this world, but there is an anointing oil that God has put upon me, and that anointing that God has put upon me allows me to be able to be in the world, but not of the world. What sticks to somebody else just rolls off of me. What gets to somebody else doesn't even get to me because I've got some oil. Oh, come on, lift both hands right now and thank God for the oil. Come on, stand with me all over this room. Lift those hands toward heaven and thank God for the oil that he has placed upon your life, the anointing that he has placed upon your life. powerful thing about the spider is the venom that it's in its mouth because the power of the spider is within its mouth some have venom so powerful that it can kill a human being by releasing what God has put in its mouth. But if used properly, that venom works to sustain it and to keep it and to allow it to grow. I find it not strange that the power of life and death God has placed within your tongue, within your mouth, the words you speak, You don't have to fight with the enemy. We wrestle with the devil, but all you have to do is open up your mouth and speak. Get behind me, Satan, and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Come on, somebody in this room right now needs to start opening up your mouth and declaring right now in Jesus' name, I have the power in my tongue to tell the devil to get behind me. I have the power in my tongue to overcome the enemy. Come on, somebody ought to step from where you are into the aisle or walk to the front of this house and declare I'm a spider and I'm not living in the dungeon but I'm on my way to the king's palace and I've got a voice that God has given me and I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to speak. Come on, we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word 
God of our testimony. Come on, don't let the enemy defeat your life. Just open your mouth and speak what God has put inside of you. Come on, tell the devil it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. I'm a child of the king. I am to be the head and not the tail. I am more than an overcomer. I am not defeated, but I am to walk in victory. Somebody needs to let the enemy know today I will open my mouth and speak the word of the Lord with boldness and with faith. No weapon is going to conquer me. I will not be denied. I am an overcomer. Come on, somebody, open your mouth and declare it unto the Lord right now. Open your mouth and declare it unto the Lord. I will walk in victory. I will walk in victory. I will walk in health. The doctor's not the final say. God is the final say. I will open my mouth and speak it until it comes to pass. I will believe it until it comes to pass. Come on, somebody open your mouth and speak it right now in Jesus' name. Somebody open your mouth and begin to speak life. 